Radio TRO is in search of sponsors. Sponsors get a detailed product mention at the beginning of every episode in our catalog. You can submit your own advertisement or we can read one for you. Visit email.tro.bike and contact us directly to learn more. Hey folks, Maggie Dean here, just reaching out to tell you about a couple of great tours we have coming up. One is for the newbies and the other for the seasoned curve carvers. If you're new to motorcycle touring, check out the LMCT, Lake Michigan Circle Tour, which takes place from Sunday, July 14th to Saturday, July 20th. It's a beginner-friendly scenic bike tour around Lake Michigan with all the planning and organizing done for you. It's ideal for couples, three-wheel riders, and small groups. It offers a balanced mix of fun curves, beautiful scenery, and rest stops. If you've always wanted to go on a small group motorcycle tour but have yet to do so, this tour is for you. And for all you rabid twisty travelers, check out TRO's Wisco Disco Tour. Based in Wisconsin, this tour is perfect for experienced riders visiting as much of the Driftless area as possible over three days. Our well-vetted routes are pre-planned, so just take the time off and join us. It's a great opportunity to ride in an intimate setting away from the solo digital world. Tiro's Wisco Disco Tour launches Wednesday, August 7th, and concludes Sunday, August 11th. Again, that's two tours approaching. Visit tiro.bike, mouse over events, and select group tours to learn more. Hello, everybody. This is Travis Burleson. I'm Robin Dean. And this is the RidingObsession.com podcast. What is new with you? Uh, first off, hopefully <laughs> that gets picked up. What you drinking? Uh, this is um, October from uh, Carbon Four here in Madison. October. Yeah, it's a uh, oaked uh, Oktoberfest, like Marsden style. Um, a little hoppy in the parlance of our times, but it's pretty good. And it's got a bitchin' label of like this old uh, like uh, C10 pickup truck <laughs> in the sunset. Nice. Um, it, it looks nice. good. On, it looks good on my garage wall of uh, beer labels. Yeah, how's that collection going? Uh, it's coming along. I'm. I almost got a well. And I'm probably like sixty percent on one of the walls. So, but I just put up some new, uh, some new shelving and uh, a new workbench in the garage. So that's kind of taking up some wall space. Um, kind of reorganizing it because my workbench is constantly covered in crap. <laughs> Um, so I figured if I have a second workbench, I can probably manage to keep at least one of them clear. What was your exact quote? You said, uh, because it, your workbench always becomes storage. Yeah. So now you've got a smaller workbench that is at least empty, but it's what to, it's to the southeast wall, right? Yes. Hey, yeah. I guess I guessed it right. You like that? <laughs> southeast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I have a south-facing driveway, which, quick uh, home buying tip, if you have a south-facing driveway, it's way better in the winter for shoveling snow. Mm-hmm. Um 
<laughs> the uh, yeah, and I put up like shelves too. Like so, there's two shelves above that. And I put two shelves on the other wall, so I can like move a lot of the crap onto these other shelves. Um, so hopefully that uh, that's good. So good uh, garage uh, reorganization is is key. The uh, the workbench actually came. Uh, one of my neighbors. Uh, so when I walked the dog around the block, one of my neighbors is moving. Maybe I don't know, but there was like this this workbench on the curb, garbage, <laughs> um, and. Sure. I had to kind of had to take it. It was built dumb. I had like screws from like both sides, like inside, like inside screws that you can't get to crap, you know, and like four inch screws holding two, two by fours together. Um, but it was, uh, uh, you know, I kind of, I was like free lumber. Cause like every time I've built a workbench, I always forget how expensive like two by fours and plywood are. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it's cheap. You buy like, one. I spent like 50 bucks on lumber to build this thing. And you got to cut it all. It's like, this is basically all cut. I had to re-modify it to make it fit in my garage. But now it's like bolted to the wall and it's it's nice and free lumber. So there we go. That's nice. nothing wrong with a little trash picking. Is that one going to have like a particular designation? Like that's where I do my electrical or that's where I do my machining or, you know, grinder. You going to get a grinder? I have a grinder. Oh, it's that's right. So I might put a vice on this workbench because I have a vice in my basement workbench, but not in the garage right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the right now, so I put tools on the wall there and that's uh, mostly my kind of general um, homemaker hardware tool so it's like my hammers and utility knife and stuff like that as opposed to like my uh, gearhead tools like the ratchets and stuff like stuff like that so nice well tim clark is highlighting some stuff here and that that's good because that'll put you on track i got your notes here you wanted to talk about your tires yeah so i've, I've been running the the shinko uh 705s on the nc700x and they're fine they're, they're good on gravel they're good on dry roads but they suck when it's cold and wet right we talked and about it, this have you decided yeah. on which direction you want to go in i'm torn between the tkc 80s and the uh Avon Trail Riders. Okay. Or maybe it's doing Pilot Road 4s, um, which I think we're going to talk about Pilot Road 5s. Oh, yeah. I guess. But, um, yeah, the Avon Trail Riders look good. They're like a 90-10 tire, but I feel like, at least on the rear, they would they would do pretty good grip because they're kind of a chevron shape. Yeah. So for, they'd maybe loose on the front in gravel, um, but for the rear, they'd be okay. Um, and the TKC 80s look pretty good, and they have a nice, like, solid center line, so I feel like they'd wear really well. And... Um, Continental's version of a dual compound, which isn't a dual compound. It's like a dual curing process thing. Oh, that's the uh, that's not the 80s. That's the 70. The 70, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's the oh, 80s. The TKC, yeah. Yeah, I meant uh, type 70s here. But uh, yeah, the TKC 70s. Um, <laughs> nice. Not, not the 80s. The 80s are like <laughs> our big, big block knobbies. Um, but yeah, the TKC 70s, which are a little more of a road tire. But, but that's the thing. A guy like Tim, he's just like, yeah, yeah. I got uh, yeah I hear you man I've got these eraser heads on my bike and I'm riding through the dirt better than anybody you <laughs> know it's, it's the Tim Clark machine. Oh <laughs> um, well, that didn't work out so well the last time out. Ooh yeah uh yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah we'll uh, get there. Totally different story. Though. But uh, yeah I, I posed on a couple of the forums um and see if anyone was running TKC 70s and what they thought about it but I haven't gotten any real good. It looks responses. like you got some plans for the NC 700X. Yeah and then winter plans I I definitely want to do um gold valves in the forks because they're just straight damper rods and you, know, you, you always have that crux with damper rods with like the super basic suspension of you're always uh under under rebound damped and over compression damped sure yes and and the only thing you can do to change it is change the oil and whichever way you change the oil makes the other one work. like if you make it thicker then you make 
the one that's overdamped worse. You make it thin, you make the one that's underdamped worse. Yeah, fluid um, versus yeah. outlet. Yeah, so I'm, I, th- I want to do a set of gold valves in it. I think the stock springs are pretty pretty decent for my weight. I don't think I need to respring it. Yeah, and they'll at least last a couple of years before you want to go. You know. yeah. But I was looking at, uh, and Tim can probably chime in here, at the Rally Raid uh, from the UK, some of their parts. Yep. They do have an NC700 section and a lot of the CB500 X stuff will fit because it's all like kind of generic Honda. Okay, that doesn't surprise me too much. Just looking at the comparison between the two bikes. Yeah, they I mean, look, they're like same. Yeah, they look so similar. The um, so they they do have uh, replacement fork caps uh, that let you do I think like 15 millimeters of preload adjustment. Yeah, that'll be nice. Um, which because the stock shocks have no preload adjustment. Um, but then there's like there's this like part of my brain that like I know the and I don't have the money or the the time or the need to do it. But you <laughs> can do the the level three um, the level three adventure kit for the CB500X, which gives you two more inches of fork, two more inches of rear suspension, and a 19 inch front wheel. <laughs> Yes. I mean, that um, sounds right up your alley. I've watched you ride over curves like, you know, that's that's your gig. That's your that's your <laughs> that's your game. Yeah. I, I don't know if it'd be worth the investment or not right now, with, with especially with like the, the very minimal amount of gravel that I end up actually riding on that bike. I think the 17 will probably um, fit me just fine. But those uh, preload adjusters seemed uh, interesting. And they do have a uh, an upgraded rear shock that they list. that's not terribly priced. Is it fully adjustable? Uh, well, there's, they have a couple different levels. If you just get the basic one, the preload only, um, it's pretty cheap. And then you can go with like a, a more adjustable one. And then you're talking about a grand for a shock. Yeah. Um, See, I, I've got that going on right now. and You have that Penske shock on the Bandit. Right. And I guess the reason I bring it up is I, I guess that I, I feel bad because I got it for such a deal. And then... And he, hey, man, are you going to do yours, too? It's like, yeah. Hey, can you spot me 15? No, 1,500. Uh, right. That's sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tim, you have a rally raid shock on the CB, right? I do. I, I went with the budget sale item on it. I went with their level one kit, mm-hmm. which was basically it's the full rebuild of the front suspension without doing the extra travel distance. Mm-hmm. So stock travel, but with a smaller spacer and a longer spring so you get a little bit better response from your spring and i do have the uh adjustable preload caps on it oh did you do the rear shock too right yes Upgrade? yeah, yeah. That's i went the... with their it was it's adjustable compression on mine i don't have adjustable rebound on it which is that the rebound's important man the rebound's the good stuff in my opinion when you drop and it just yeah. floats you back into position yeah, i need to you don't get the you don't get you don't get the buck Mm-mm. Yeah, and I have been getting a little bit of that bounce and buck out does of it. That, does that have a remote preload adjuster on it, or is it the hammer and screwdriver preload <laughs> adjuster? Yeah, it's it's the old school beastie <laughs> one. Yeah. Oh, the, man. You will never adjust this once it's on kind of shock. Yeah. <laughs> man, that's I was so envious of uh, Mike Dunn, our friend Mike Dunn, who's his VFR. Uh, the adjustment for the preload is a socket that goes into the side of the cowling. You just pop a rubber cap and then put a socket in and then turn it to where you want it, and then you're done. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kudos to Honda in the late 90s for doing stuff that way. Right. The um, And then the other thing, so I saw this thing on, I think, the Facebook group. Um, so there's, so in, in Honda's infinite wisdom of making everything out of the same parts, yeah. uh, at, least with the, at least with the same tooling, 
Um, minus the, the CB360. <laughs> minus the CB360 <laughs> and various other things. Um, but uh, so a lot of the a lot of the fork diameters and the threading are the same on the fork caps and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, which which um and apparently you can get like uh you go online and you can get these fork extenders for like a VTX cruiser, like the Magna cruiser or the Interstate or whatever. And what they are is there are these like machined uh fork caps that are like two inches long, right? So it's like a fork cap. But it's, it's two, two inches, inches of preload? But no, 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 not two inches of preload. It just it screws into your, like your fork cap threads like normal. Yeah. But it sticks out of the top of your fork by two inches. <laughs> All right. And it, it, essentially, it essentially extends your fork two inches. Um, and so like you would put this on a cruiser to kind of to kind of rake the cruiser and do kind of a chopper vibe. Yeah. But but there's guys on the forum doing this with their CB 500s and their CB 700 Xs yeah. to get higher ground clearance out of the front of the bike for trail riding. That's crazy. So could you, is there any chance that you could get the, uh, the already extended front forks and then put those on top of it? So you'd have, <laughs> I, I, I suppose you could. <laughs> just ride I on stilts, man. <laughs> ride on stilts. You have tons of, you have KTM level ground clearance out of your Jeep Honda then. I could see um, everything. Tones as long as you ain't got to put your foot down, you're fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing with that is um, then extending the rear end is tricky. But I, I saw a couple things where um, someone, some guy makes uh, adjustable uh, dog bones for lowering, mm-hmm. um, which you can like just buy from his website or whatever. But if you shoot him a message and ask for it, he'll make one that you can actually raise the rear end with. Oh, okay. Um, without having to do just with the linkage, without having to put a new shock on. Well, how's your footing on that bike right now? It's fine. Like I can, I can. I don't know if I can flat. I can't flat foot both feet on it as as it sits with the um with the uh, seat concept seat on it. That's a good start. Uh, I can't quite get both feet flat on the ground, but it's like you know, dirt bikes. Like you don't you don't put your feet down when you ride a dirt bike. Like that's just the way it works. <laughs> you know, nice. like if you go and ride a proper dirt bike, they're so tall. Um, but then there's like the part where it's like, man, I I like. I kind of like that it's sort of in the middle because I don't really trail ride this bike. And I feel like if uh, if we ever get to where I want to do trail riding, I'll just buy a dirt bike, like a proper, yeah. not a dual sport. Just go buy a proper dirt bike because they're cheap. Yeah. And, you know, I'd buy a bat and a trailer and you're fine. A lightweight piece of cheap whoop ass. Yeah. Yeah. Buy yeah. like a, a CRF or a KDX or a YZ or whatever. TW250? Yeah, uh, the, the TW200. The, the firm uh, tractor of motorcycles, man. Balloon tires and all. Yes. Balloon tires, yeah. Just go anywhere. You, it'll, it'll take you anywhere you want to go eventually. I always joke yes. that when we're doing the MSF course, that when we do the U-turn box on that thing, the bike doesn't actually turn around. The rider just turns around and faces backwards, and then, then you've done your U-turn. The thing is just yeah. all knobbies and blarb. It's all like a flubber bike. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the um, the, that was the thing. So the Bucky, I don't know if uh, Tim remembers the email that went out about the Bucky this year. Um, they, uh, which uh, we've talked about the Bucky, I think before it's a big dual sport ride, about a hundred miles, mostly single track on farmland here by Madison on um, that the Madison motorcycle club puts on. And, um, where uh, they sent an email this year that they had all the trails groomed and tested and ready to go. And they said they, they tested them on everything from like a KTM, like dirt bike, EXC or whatever to TW200. Like, you, you could do them on a TW200. Wow. Um, and I remember 
uh, I remember at least last year when I did it, there was a guy there on a, um, the guy on the super shirt, but the guy who only has one arm. What? Yeah. Go on. I'm yeah. listening. Wow. And, he passes, and he'll like pass you. Like it's stupid. And he's like, he's out there in like his like Carhartt and like jeans and a three quarter helmet with one arm on a super Sherpa and just like passing people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's like, an amazing rider. Dude, that yeah. is wicked. Just the concept. So, so how's he, how's he shifting? Does he have like a quick shifter? I'm not sure how he's got it set up. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember how that one's set up. Or if he's got like a centrifugal clutch or something, maybe. That's deep, man. That's, that's fucking crazy deep. But uh, yeah, so that's, um, so I'm, I'm just saying don't knock the TW200, those little dual sport bikes. They're pretty. We'll talk, we'll talk a little bit later about little dual sport bikes. I like this plan with Tim, <laughs> but uh, that's my stuff. I'm just trying to figure out what kind of stuff I want to do this to the NC 700 X, what kind of money I can afford to put into it over the winter for, to keep myself busy. Oh, this is not on the outline, but um, I might call a guy or Craigslist a guy tomorrow about buying a seventies JC Penny Pinto two moped. Oh come on! Is this, so? Is this like? It does it look like a Tomos? Yeah, it's like with pedals, like yeah. with pedals. Frank, classic. Yeah. Like he's asking like two seventy five, and it might be. It doesn't run. Ran, ran and parked. I'm doing air quotes. Ran and parked. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. I think it'd be, fun, it'd be a fun project. And if nothing else, if I get it running nice, I can sell it in Madison for at least double that. Oh yeah, quick fast yeah. college okay. campus alone. Yeah, because it's up like a couple hours north of here, so up by Stevens Point. So, but uh, yeah, that's that's my winter project plans. What about you, Robin? What are you up to in the uh, garage these days? Uh, that's not what the notes here say. Read it exactly as you see it, please. What about you, comma Robin? <laughs> question mark. Yeah, my notes are scattered. Uh, I just got back from Arkansas. Uh, which was a really good time. Uh, day one of that trip was a little touch and go because we were gambling with the route, but day two was phenomenal. We got to ride Push Mountain Road three times, and it was it was just outstanding. Um, great riding. Uh, and why I say my notes are scattered here because I dumped the bandits doing a slow maneuver. Uh, it seemed like all my friends on Facebook were like, hey, man, don't feel bad. I want – and I, my ego didn't take – my ego was untouched. It was mostly that I just really liked that bike, and it hit at zero miles per hour. It still managed to hit hard enough to break the mirror and the turn signal, but the it, it scraped up the front right quarter panel, which is probably going to be impossible to find. And, mm-hmm. eh, you know, do I leave this as a – do I make this character or not? But the worst is silver, the, silver Sharpie marker. Just fill it with silver, silver Sharpie, Sharpie marker, you know, or, or, you know, paint. Um, but the worst that I got hit hardest when it, it got my new exhaust. So I have this brand new vicious exhaust. I've been bragging about. I, or I already ordered a new one. So don't even, br- try, don't even bother convincing me otherwise. I want that thing shiny and perfect. I want my bike happy. So I got the the brand you new. You should have got the carbon one because that won't dent. It'll just crack. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. That, then, <laughs> but I, I have a plan. So I got a new exhaust on the way. I'm going to pull this one and I'm going to hack it and make it a shorty. So it'll lose four inches and I'll re-rivet it and then seal it up and just have it as an extra exhaust that's a shorty. You know, it didn't even, but you know what? We kept riding. This happened in the middle of day two. I picked up the bike. One of my buddies rode by and he gave me the thumbs up. Hey, good job, man. You know, I was like, all right, let's get gas. Got right back on the bike and we we just murdered roads for the rest of the day. And I yeah. did. 
didn't know that I, I had duct tape on. I mean, I remember when I dumped the uh, the BMW in a parking lot. So like, I I think I I went and I got groceries. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, I was in the Culver's. So I went and I did a grocery run on the bike. So I had a, the top case all loaded up with stuff, and uh, I went to go to Culver's to get a burger. <laughs> well, that's your there's your problem. There's, there's my problem. And I went to go put it on the, on the center stand and it like hit a bumper crack in the, in the parking lot weird. Yeah. And so like standing to the side of the bike, putting it on the center stand and then it like hit something and then it came down off the center stand and then went away. Yeah. Once stand- your equilibrium's yeah, gone, yeah, it's yeah, all I'm over. Standing, I'm standing next to it and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Like what are you gonna do? Like, no, like I'm not. On, I'm not on top of it. I'm right. on the side of yeah. it. Yeah, you got no leverage like, to do anything. Once yeah, you once like, you lose your equilibrium, it's just that's the end of it. The bike's going down. It, all you can do is try to make it as graceful as possible. So I think that's the only thing that really would touch my ego if I if that were the case was that um I was way ahead of everybody else. I came to a hovering point where I was like, look, is this the gas station we need? It is. Okay, so I'm doing a fraction of a mile per hour and slowly hovering to make this left turn. And like, that's right. Oh yeah. Mr. Technique got this super low lean angle going. Cause I'm, I'm just using gyroscopics. And then there's a divot in the pavement and the tire just sinks into and the bike it. Just stops. It just goes. Brrr. And I'm like, Oh, 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 Oh. And it, it, there it goes. That's the end of it. And so that that's what I mean by two steps forward, one step back in our introduction is that even this, like before all of this happened, I had removed the entire front fairing and installed uh, braided braided brake uh, braided brake lines, uh, and then split, uh, speed bleeders. I added a GoPro mount and bought a RAM ball adapter. So if I'm not using the GoPro and it starts to rain really hard, I can put my phone under the windscreen. And while it was off, I was like, okay, let's uh, reapply silicone sealer where it kind of got dried out and disappeared because I was getting vibration noise. And I put everything back together. And after it was all sealed up, said and done, takes an hour to do this. I realized that there were two minuscule bolts that hold one section of the fairing in place that really do, they need to be there. They gotta be there. So I had to take. You didn't. You didn't just like stream. You and you didn't do that. Like, oh, uh, well, I didn't put these back because uh, you know clearly there are parts left over that was designed wrong and they're not necessary. Right. Of course. We I mean, overbuilt. Yeah. Overbuilt. <laughs> totally. You gotta shave some weight. Yeah. Go faster. I'm not gonna win. I gotta. I gotta be able to. You know, like zip ties are way lighter if I can find <laughs> the outlet that I'm dealing with. Yeah. Two steps forward, one step back, and you know, for me, this was this was two exhausts forward and one exhaust back. Um, I uh, I got my notes here also. I did install deer whistles. We had this conversation before, right? Why it's worth it to install deer whistles? Here's why. Uh, question. Rhetorical. Do they work? Probably not. The odds are about 99.999% to one that these things don't do anything. But they cost six bucks and you can put them anywhere. So if there's any inkling of a chance that they're going to do anything, mind you, I've hit I've hit a deer before. Why not have them, I figure. So I put those on there. My last the, update. Um, yeah, you can get the little angel bell too and the, uh, you can get some lucky underwear. Maybe right? one, of those, like, <laughs> one of those like magnetic necklaces that like baseball pitchers wear, that might help. Yeah, I've discovered no, if I were. I'm thinking. Yeah. If they do one thing, if they even turn the deer's head to look at you and you can see their eyes reflecting, then you're winning. Yeah, right. If they do that tiny little bit. Yeah. Because that bit me just this last weekend. Oh, God. See, that's. 
Oh yeah, I can see you actually. Yeah, so now you're Maybe in, you were in your truck, car. not not in a bike. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you don't have a leg, so you're in the truck. <laughs> four wheel, four wheeled motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm considering what, risers that, for that you're bike. Coming, you're coming back from up north or something, right? Or uh, in Sheboygan. Yeah. yeah. So north of Milwaukee, an hour or so. Jeez. And it just was in the road and. Yeah. <laughs> so as I'm coming over a hill, there's a car coming at me, so I dropped my rights so i'm not shining you know i'm not being an asshole and as i do that i see him hit his brakes you know you see that headlight dip down like why is he doing that so i you know i start backing off i cover up the brakes and it isn't until i'm almost on top of him i see two deer in my lane nose to tail strolling across Oh, yeah. Dumb as hell. Yeah. Not even looking at me. So I don't see their eyes. I don't see anything until I see brown on black in the dark, misty night. They're not smart animals. No. And I had nowhere to go. No other choice. Control stop as much as I can and hit him. Well, plus a guy's got to eat. That's not. You know. If it was one of my cousins, they would have went right in the back of the truck. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't about uh, with a broken leg. I wasn't gonna be wrestling a deer carcass into the back of the truck. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I certainly wasn't going to explain to the officer why I was driving with my left foot. <laughs> but you will in a moment for sure <laughs> you know it, travis you were talking about some mods for your bike and i know that that uh we both know that tim he's he's up for the winter and I, you know i'm thinking about the mods i want to do you can say what you're not sure you're gonna do but you know i'm I'm thinking about these adjustable risers for the bandit and even or for the hawk gt i don't even care anymore i'm gonna switch it to unis put on a y-pipe stage two jetting you know hopefully stage two jetting is enough i'm gonna have you guys watching me we're gonna podcast while i swap the jets on my car on my carburetors and see if it's possible to get instruction over the net but um <laughs> but the thing is is that you just, we'll just wait. laugh at you a lot that's all <laughs> probably i'll be well follow your instructions you know but two-thirds into winter you watch two-thirds into winter we're all going to be chomping at the bit for anything to keep us sane your bike's going to be completely modded out it's going to be absolutely maxed out you're gonna put a v8 on it it's gonna be a v8 bike it's gonna be a it's gonna be a modus by the time we're done right yeah it's gonna this is the honda modus anyhow tim it's your turn man hold on let me read this right tim it's your turn first off welcome what's the good word everybody i want to announce i got tired of dealing with travis by myself now we're a trio and i thought this would be a good thing to mix up you know you know get three people discussing motorbikes yeah because uh, tim's way too nice to find the fact that you totally use the wrong version of your in that line that's a you said it is you are turn (laughs) tim it is you are turn first off welcome what's the word good good word um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this last month, there's only been a handful of those. There's been a whole lot of cursing and a turn of bad luck. This is how you. This, well, that's exactly how you get into this podcast. That's welcome, definitely. <laughs> you are. This is why I invited you. This guy. This guy's perfect for this. Yeah, the turn of bad luck is the podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, there were a couple of really good things going on. The big thing is that I bought the house. Woo! With the big fucking garage. Yeah, that garage is bigger than your house, which I love. No? Close. Close. Well, that's... It, it's got more usable space on the ground floor than my house. It's a bigger, it's a bigger footprint, but the house is a basement yeah. and an attic. Yeah, you know, the, the house is 24 by 30 and the garage 24 by 24. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> that beautiful. And just as of tonight, it now has 
two full-size couches and four motorcycles in it with my truck. Travis, I will no longer be needing your room anymore. I've got, <laughs> I've got new plans. He's going to sleep in Tim's garage on the couch. Yeah. yeah. Tell Laurel <laughs> I will not be bothering your household anymore. Now, that's great, man. I'm so happy for you. Uh, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. It's freaking rocking. Thank you. Thank you. I, I was excited about it. I was fast-tracking everything because I was planning on going to this big epic trip that didn't happen. Yeah, to Uruguay or Ecuador. Ecuador? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been amazing. I was fly down there, rent motorcycles, go for a tour of the Andes, the Avenue of Volcanoes, and then dropping down into the uh, Amazon Basin for a couple days before coming back up into the mountains. You're just going to happen. Yeah, you're going to have to make this up to yourself. Not for me. Yeah. My my good friend Aaron, who I talked into doing this whole thing with me he is there right now posting up pictures on instagram of just amazing things oh. and the reason i'm not there is because of the bucky oh man it was the bucky that did this i did this on the bucky tell everybody so, what you did tim tell everybody what you all did. right i i wait wait i'm tim clark and i'm a crashaholic so, <laughs> <laughs> sorry okay so this is only the second broken bone in two years riding mm. off-road <laughs> this is not a, this is not a pattern there are no lessons to be learned here mind what you say i've got evidence on video <laughs> okay, tim is I, a formidable he's a force to be reckoned with on anything <laughs> gravel or dirt in my opinion uh just uh, yeah <laughs> you're the guy i would ask anything about that even though i don't do that yet you were you were saying so okay maybe back this up a little bit more i i was going to buy a bike <laughs> I wanted to buy a bike. I really wanted to buy this bike. So I started selling shit off. I sold my DRZ. I sold the trailer. I sold all sorts of used gear. And I was getting ready to buy this bike. And I looked at the bank account balance and said, I might be able to do this house purchase a year earlier than I planned. Okay. So I started doing that. So when the bucket came along, I didn't have an off-road bike. So I started asking around. And my good friend offered to let me borrow an XT250, this tiny little, like three quarter size Yamaha. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big guy. I sit on this bike and I almost crush the suspension <laughs> to the ground. Um, yeah, I remember I, when you, I remember when you sat on the CRF250 at the bike show last year, and it just like years. It was like you're on one of those like. One of those like bouncy bikes on the playground. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. So I'm I'm riding this, and I'm really just wanting to refresh the muscle memory, get ready for this big trip because the Ecuador thing was going to be on road, off road. From what I heard, no road in some places. So I didn't want to go in totally cold. Yeah. So I'm behaving myself. I'm taking it easy, doing really good, but I'm super cramped on this little bike. Like normally I want to be riding on the balls of my foot on the foot peg. Instead, I'm sitting there can barely get my heels on the damn pegs because I'm so folded up on this little bike. And when you think about your legs tucked under you with your heels on the pegs, oh, your toes are pointing down. Oh, yeah. And this is what caught me a little bit of lazy body position. I clipped a rock with my left or my right leg. My So the rock ripped my foot off of the foot peg twisting it down and out and the rotation of the ankle was enough to break the fibula oh it's, it's too bad this is a podcast and you can't see robin's face right now <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a, well i know ankle sprains I, I know i know ankle pain i i've uh, i've rolled my ankle three times 
my uh, my first leg break was when I was two years old. Two years old, broken leg, and then I got chicken pox under the cast. So I'm definitely <laughs> I'm definitely familiar with bone, you know, bone pain. Um, but when you when you when you break the bone by way of flexing the joint, that's when I just ah, that's like combined. Yeah any amount of pain into both rolling the joint and breaking the bone as a result. That's too much to think about. Oh, it's that's rough. Sorry. Now, dude. Here's the funny thing is the pain level was extremely low. Really? It was a really big surprise. So when this happened, I felt the bone break right away. Mm-hmm. Like felt a pop, felt a snap. And then I crashed. Um, no damage from the crash. I think I got one bruise on my knee because I was armored up and I was going 20, miles an hour on 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 dirt yeah yeah um so yeah so crash get up or just start rolling around a little bit trying to figure out what in the world happened to me mm. like where's the bike where am i where are the, the other bikes coming at me because there were about 250 people on this ride mm-hmm. um, and uh yeah I, I wasn't in a lot of pain my head was pretty clear all the people around me were kind of freaking out well how are they going to get you out of there i mean how were you deep rural i mean were you deep in the dirt did you have a way out i was maybe three quarter mile into this property okay. kind of up up on a hill off a it was like a two track access for a a field we weren't even on the single track yet sure and because we weren't on the signal track you know my my guard was down i wasn't really focusing on what i was doing but it was a really rocky trail just the same um but you know the guys that stopped to help me out they were very nice but they totally couldn't figure out what to do with themselves or me now there's your problem <laughs> it, 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 if you're going to do something like this you got to expect somebody could get hurt uh, yeah. you know, it, there's no harm you can learn basic first aid and cpr for free online you know it's yeah. a it's a free course they make us yeah. take it to coach the msf course yeah so it, it was an interesting thing because most of them were saying do you have someone we can call you know who are you riding with these sort of things and yeah. the guy i was riding with he bailed out early mm. so i know enough people at this event that i'm just like i bump into people i know it's no big deal so i just kept riding by myself compound fracture no kidding no it wasn't a compound fracture not compound complicated complicated <laughs> yes was what the doctor told me is uh multiple planes of fracture it's an ugly mess i joke I think, now because uh, i get to talk to my friend so yeah yeah I, yeah <laughs> yep. so it was really funny they're freaking out what do you want to do of course my first answer is i'm going to sit here in the dirt let me breathe let me think through this i'm gonna have a v8 (laughs) hey kool-aid yeah they handed out these information sheets to everybody so everybody's got you know contact for sweep crew support crew i'm like you got that paper give me that so i'm gonna give them a call you know so i'm sitting there in the dirt i give them a phone call and of course they are out and about we're in rural wisconsin and they don't have cell phone reception and i'm leaving messages so it's not like they're gonna chopper you out yeah yeah that's not an even an option to find some way to you know get me out so probably the best case scenario is i would have to wait until they could get a four-wheeler on site to drag me out um and i'm like no we'll find a way to get me out you guys want to turn my bike around i think i can ride out so they you know so i i'm handling all the emergency decisions even though i'm the one broken wow <laughs> um was just funny i'm like i i've been on rides like this where things go wrong and you got to figure out what to do and losing your head is always the worst thing it's always best to just kind of take a breath work through the problem one thing at a time but yeah i 
got that bike turned around, rolled down the hill in first gear, just kind of feathering it, hovering the foot off, the, you know, just hangling it, hanging it off the side of the bike. And I get to the bottom of the hill and I run into the sweep crew. Huh. And I just go, hey guys, how do I get a ride out of here? Uh. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I broke my leg. And their response was, who did? I did. <laughs> and they're on my left hand side. So they're seeing me just like standing up on this, you know, put my foot down and hold the bike up. I'm like, no, 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 that leg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're not kidding. No, no, I'm not kidding. I'm I'm fucked up. <laughs> like, are you sure it's broken? Oh yeah, no doubts. Did they have to I cut the pieces moving around? Cut the boots? Do they like hack into your gear? No, nope, ha- no. Nope. I took a, I took the boot off. Wow. Okay. Wow, man. This <laughs> is why you said something before about how you were making the decisions, coming up with the proper order, thinking your way through the process of remedying the situation the remedy being get me to a hospital room so i get this fixed up and i thought about a recent uh a recent accident that a friend of mine experienced who is one of my more responsible riding buddies for sure and the steps he went through were fine in that he knew what to do and he thought he was okay Uh, consciously he believed he did the self-check and he processed his situation and said Oh yeah, it feels like uh, uh yeah, I, th- I think this is all right. This is I can work out. I can work this situation out. There there were EMTs there to check him out. They checked his pupils, dilate, that kind of thing. Went through the motions of, "Are you really all right?" Well, he continued about his way after he threw up, and the truth is that his organs were concussed. Oh. Yeah, it was oh, really God. rough. He finished a multi-day ride starting you know, starting out in shock and not realizing there was a situation, waking up a little bit sore thinking maybe he had cracked ribs, and continuing on only to find out when he got home that hey, this may this may be a real problem and uh, having to get some stuff taken care of. You know, concussed organs is no joke. Uh, fortunately, he's all right and he's still as responsible and wholeheartedly solid in all forms of simple. Just uh, didn't uh, didn't he just post about maybe buying a Harley or something? Yeah, this they're they're looking more attractive. We we make <laughs> we we poke fun at the generality of it, but the truth is they you know they make a good bike. Well, okay, yeah. so let's let's move along here though because it says right here did you throw money down on a c you were looking at the africa twin right that is indeed is that the what crf was... 1000 is that what that, that is? is so the yeah. crf 1000 l is the africa twin and, and did you put you put the cash down i did yep i was i was uh i was snooping around and one of my good friends who has one surprised me by reaching out and saying that he wanted to sell it what year? 2016, the first year, and it is the DCT version, the dual clutch transmission. So it's the automatic bike, <laughs> which I I got a chance to ride one earlier this August when I went up to northern Wisconsin to a rally. Had my CB500 on the back of the truck, never took it off the truck because my friend let me spend the whole day on his Africa Twin. Oh, wow. And I started out chasing a friend on some sporty took twisty roads on he was on his fj09 uh-huh. it's a pretty sporty bike and he's not the most aggressive rider but i was on knobby tires and i was on his butt the whole time okay you know feeling good on an unfamiliar bike that sounds like you a know, challenge to me unfamiliar transmission so i adjusted to it very quickly and then by the time we started heading back towards camp i spotted a dirt road that i knew and i said see ya <laughs> I'm going to go play. (laughs) That reminds me of one instance that I brought up at the last tour was the moment when you were going dirt crazy 
and you and I <laughs> arrived at the same stop sign at the same time out of nowhere, and you just kind of gave me the wave, the elbow to the chest wave. Hey, how you doing? And then you just rode off. Yeah. That was a great, great moment in sports right there. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> uh, as I say, does, does riding the DCT bring you back to your Grand Tour via Vespa days? <laughs> a little <Yeah>. bit. <laughs> a little bit. Nice. Um, it is fun. It's uh, It really does just kind of lower the overhead in your brain, like how much is going on. You're not thinking about what gear you're in. And if you've got the experience of being in the right gear, you can, and if the bike is not choosing the one you want, it's really easy to override it nudge it into the spot where you want it to be nice yeah come on come out of a you're coming out of a corner hit the downshift button and just oh, and yep. punch out and when i first got on it like the standard drive mode is like grandma driving down the road it's it shifts into six gear by the time you're doing 40 miles an hour it just it's all pure economy sweet but if you switch it over to those sport modes though and it starts getting a lot more entertaining now do you do that with the uh signal the signal button? Um, it's got its own button for the... For the modes? For the, yeah, for the that, modes. That's important. There was a guy that... We were talking about this. There was a guy who, who if you double-click the signal button to turn it off, it would switch modes. And he was neurotic about making sure his signal was off. So he kept on... <laughs> like mid-ride, just changing modes. Rain, this and that. All right. All right. Look, we I'm looking at our format. We got to get moving. Okay. So... so- Yep, the money's yep. down, and it's a guy I trust. I didn't even get a receipt for the money. It's like, I know this guy. This is good. Sweet. So, so you, your bike's as good as bought. Yeah, so by the probably first, second week of January, it should be in that kick-ass garage. <laughs> I love it. I love it. we got to build that garage out. Yeah. Pinups everywhere. <laughs> and now it's time for updated site features and developments. All right, I'll be quick. Monthly posts are now sent out automatically in a nice, tidy newsletter. Sign up for the, either our emailing list or the or a Tro account to receive those. That's a Writing Obsession account. Preparing to create a custom page for tour signups that provides access to the more exacting details and route changes as they happen. I'm digging my heels in to modify a lot of features across the board based on how visitors are using the website. These are solid changes that we'll, we predict will make a lot of our readership pretty happy. For example, uh, multiple affiliate link purchase options such as Revzilla, Bike Bandit, Amazon, etc. Preference-based rideware that's temperature dependent for your weather page it's set by the user automated author payments currently sent manually and one at a time that's a real pain in the butt on my end i got other things i'd rather be doing so that'll be automated and that's that's pretty much it so now on to our listener questions i got this email the other day this guy had hammered me with emails a lot of people have been reaching out thinking that we are a motorcycle trailer selling company we're not uh, the most the absolute number one most popular article on the website right now is our five trailers worth considering and they are worth considering but we get a lot of questions from people who maybe they're not so net savvy and they start asking me all kinds of so uh what are you selling that one for and we don't sell them but jaybird 180 asks from what i've found harbor freight sells a 40 by 48 inch trailer with optional motorcycle rails for 50 bucks but i can't seem to find either on their site i think the brand is hallmaster do you have any info on this little trailer my answer is no and we have a governing influence about harbor freight yeah so i i i do i and actually i i did do some research on this question before uh, the podcast here really um yeah <laughs> i i didn't um, think any of us would ever do that so <laughs> 
So my question for Jaybird 180 is, have you ever been to Harbor Freight? <laughs> do you know, like, do you know what their, like, deal is? Because it doesn't sound like you know what their deal is. Do you have some coat hangers and paper clips? You might build a better piece of kit. So, like, like yeah. Harbor Freight's good for some things. It's cheap. It's, it's cheap China junk. Like, yeah. so if you, like, I bought, like, I bought, uh, earlier this summer, I bought a Harbor Freight electric power washer. It lasted 10 minutes. <laughs> All right. But in my garage, I have a Harbor Freight, uh, electric impact driver. Works great. I have a Harbor Freight, uh, like, roto tool, like a Dremel type tool. Works great. Um, so you just kind of roll the dice with, with Harbor Freight. They're, um, yeah, and the, like if you want to go buy like a like a socket set or some spanner wrenches to like keep on your bike, it's perfect. Perfect. Like you don't want to go buy like nice snap-on stuff and like put it on your bike to rust for the like it'll work on the side of the road. It's fine. Like if you're a mechanic, like you'll wear them out. But like your home garage, like their hand tools, they're fine. The bottom line is, do you want to trust your motorcycle on this tin pogo stick without a suspension that is made out of recycled aluminum foil? Well, so here's 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 the thing. Here's my research on the actual question. So all that being said regarding Harbor Freight's stuff, um, there's a couple of moto vloggers out there. So if you if you search around on YouTube, so Jaybird 180, search around on YouTube, you'll find reviews for this stuff. <laughs> so it's like it, Harbor Freight's website, yeah, is garbage. Like you won't find anything there that's useful at all, except like the closest store next to you and what their hours are. Um, but there are some moto vloggers out there, especially in the ADV crowd. So they're only hauling, um, you know, they're hauling like ADV bikes. They're calling like XR250s, DRZ 400s. So like not hauling 600 pound Harleys. They're know? hauling so, Tomos mopeds, man. Yeah, so they're they're hauling you know 350 pound sub 400 pound bike. You know, maybe See, border, I have, border. Actually, I bought one of those Harbor Freight trailers a couple of years back. Where is it now, Tim? Where is it now? <laughs> <laughs> this is going somewhere. Oh my God, I don't even remember where that damn thing went. Um, I I think I gave it away to somebody. I didn't have this 40 by 48 one. I had one of their larger folding ones. And in order to give it any sort of structural rigidity, I used three-eighths plywood for decking. Okay. Like such heavy-duty plywood that it wouldn't fold up properly anymore. That is smart. Because these things are, they are little bolt-together angle iron frames that twist like crazy. I've seen guys weld them up, you know, in order to get some sort of strength out of it. I've seen people use uh, ex- the expanded mem- metal, the uh, like the mesh decking, yeah, welded onto it. That helps a little bit. But even with the biggest bike I ever threw on this thing was a DR650. Yeah. And it was a little bit terrifying <laughs> to see that bike sway and dance around every time you hit a bump. Yeah. Um, I've had some sketchy trailers but that was probably the that was the worst that was far worse than the and it had suspension but it was just those simple leaf leaf spring no damping the trailer in a bag that i had with no suspension made me feel more comfortable than this harbor freight thing <laughs> with the my with like even my old ttr 250 wow and they're not messing around with the pricing on the trailer in a bag that's that's some expensive kit that oh well I got it like, you know, one that was five or 10 years old for 500 bucks. Now that's pretty good. They sell them new for what, like 11, 1100 or something like that. 
Yeah. But yeah, you're right. No suspension, nothing. So I guess the the bottom line is, I, I can tell you that from what I remember, he's mostly been hauling dirt bikes. So, okay, maybe. But if it's going to be anything valuable, some, you know. Yeah, and it depends like where you live, too. So what, what I've seen is a lot of the guys, those uh, motor guys who are like, hey, I bought this Harbor Freight and it's great. They live in like Arizona or Nevada. They live in the desert and do yeah. adventure dirt riding where the roads are smooth. Yeah. But if you live in the Midwest where the roads are crap, and it's, that, that trailer is going to bounce and boing and flex. You might not lose just the bike and the trailer. You might lose half of your car by the time you get to your destination. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I guess, yeah, to kind of answer your question, like, yeah, their website's terrible. I couldn't find their trailers on their websites either. I've seen them in the mailers I get. I've seen them at the store. You can go to the store, and you can make your own decision, but... <laughs> you, get, you get what you pay for. Most absolutely. Definitely. Spend the so, cash, get the right one. So like you're gonna, are you gonna use it once, twice a year to haul uh, a you know, a basket case home? Perfect. You're gonna put your nice shiny new 2017 on there and haul it and haul it across the country. Maybe not. Yeah, yeah they are. <laughs> they are also notorious for burning out bearings. Yes. Yeah. You have to inspect the bearings every Again. ride. Again, you're you're hauling a a, a two hundred pound CRF two thirty to the trails in our way. Yeah, you're <laughs> hauling to Sturgis from California. You've answered the question. Don't hurt the man's feelings, Travis. Don't, don't <laughs> I'm just hurt saying, the I'm man's. I'm saying there's 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 you know there's a time and a place, and you have to <laughs> you have to weigh you have to weigh your. You could, the, the the possible consequences. This could and very well might get into tires. And if it gets into tires, that's going to get into a story about somebody that I don't really want to discuss. But all right. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so that, that concludes our question and answers there. But if you have any questions for us, we'd love to answer them. Just email your questions and concerns to podcast at tro.email. That's podcast at tro.email or call 224 358 3010. We're glad to answer any questions on the podcast at any time. Um, and now for this week's Mess Alamoto, brought to you by... The Super Slick Ultra Badass Motorcycle Mega Posse of Incredible Power. Well, that's not rock radio station style. I'm going to I'm gonna put all kinds of effects and distortion and awesome... And you know what I mean? Grab, grab. The Super Slick Ultra Badass Motorcycle Mega Posse of Incredible Power. Dude, that's going to be distorted as hell. One more time. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, Michelin is coming out with the Road 5. They're not going to give it the PR5. It's not going to be the Pilot Road 5. They're just calling it the Road 5. They're abandoning the Pilot element. But, the you know, I had the Pilot Powers. Or, eh, what was it? Yeah, I, I hyperlinked them in. Uh, there's like a press kit, and Motorcycle.com made the announcement initially. Um, it's a beautiful, gorgeous siping. Uh, that is a good-looking tire. Some people were wondering about the depth of the tread having effect on the strength of the rubber itself. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a chance to test them. I'd really like to get my hands on a set as soon as possible. I'm actually, the tires on the Bandit, I've got an extra set of PR2s on another set of rims. But the current set that's on there, they're done. They are finished. Finito. Time to swap them out. So what's the release date? Did they say anything about that? Uh, I think January like 2018. They're coming out 2018. 
So January, January first. I could have them for Christmas. Well, after Christmas, but you yeah, get my point. For the new year, yeah. Um, yeah, no. So yeah, it's definitely it's a uh, it's funny they they looking at them. So like looking at the evolution of the pilot road threes versus the road fours versus now the road fives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of neat to look at and see that they've got these sort of deeper, bigger pockets. Um, they almost remind me of the Anarchy threes, the dual sport tire. Okay. Um, especially since they have this sort of 3D, what they call the 3D tread pattern. So the um, one of the really neat things about the Road 5, or interesting things, I guess, uh, is the, the 3D tread pattern. So the... Um, the big, the bigger cuts are uh, sort of um, trapezoidal, like they're where you have the, the the deeper cuts in the tire. They're wider at the bottom than they are at the top. Well, so that as you wear the tire down, you get more cut, so it does better at displacing water. That's what I was gonna say. They don't ever in in the history of this particular model they don't do they don't release a new version of this tire until the science proves them that the, to them that whoa this has got to happen the, the, every version of this tire in my opinion has been better than the previous now i've got friends that say Eh, I don't know. I, I like the PR2s. They last longer, or I feel no difference between them. But I'll honestly say that I felt like the PR3s were better than the 2s, the 4s than the 3s, and so on and so forth. I would imagine that these are going to be excellent, if not better. I would I would assume that they're going to be better yet, because they're, they're just getting better and better at steering and guiding rain away from your tire patch. Yeah, I mean, I'd say on arguably the best wet rip tire. In my opinion, in your opinion, yeah. And you can definitely get better dry weather tires. You can get sportier, sport, more sports aggressive, soft, yeah, dry tires. But this but is gonna be a, this is gonna be a three two compound with a hot center tread. Yeah, so it's got the the more the more uh, stable, um, harder center tread to for better longevity. Yeah. Um, which I mean is I mean uh, you know Metzler and the Continental have similar sort of technologies available but um yeah hands down the best wet weather tire and i think they've they've just improved it with uh with this sort of 3d tread design i'm assuming that there was uh looking at the they don't specifically mention it but i'm assuming that that they figured out some way to to do that sort of inside out uh tread pattern yeah it gets with a with a the the tread the tread cuts get wider as the tire wears down. Yeah, it's inverted. Um, oh no, I see what you're saying. Sure. So they actually become better. Yeah. So like, the, the, if you if you if you cut a tire in half, and it's it's on that PDF, the press release PDF, you can see the the kind of upside down pyramids. Like as you wear it down, it gets wider to to displace more water. Wow. It almost looks like what they're doing. It's like they're almost using like a routed, a router type bit and doing machining after the tires molded is what it looks like to me. Yeah, it looks like a, it's like a dovetail cut. Yep. So yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if that's like the casting. They just figured out a way to make the casting mold and still release with that, or if they um, if they, they don't go into the actual uh, production process. But it, yeah, it's like it's like a dovetail cut into the tire. So that as you wear the tire down, the 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 tread gets wider. That is crazy. It looks good, man. That's nuts. But um, yeah, so that's a that's a uh, a very cool. Uh, I mean, we'll see. I guess when they come out and uh, we get some review time in. Uh, but I'm sure, given their track record, that these yeah, I think they said they 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 ditched the pilot name. Um, 
to differentiate the sport terrain tires from their more aggressive sport tires. Interesting. Well, it certainly it gives scrub them in a whole different meaning, you know, like. Yeah, ride these things into the better. Yeah, I mean these, you know, these days too, like modern sport touring tires don't have like a real scrubbing time because most most of the major manufacturers aren't using any sort of releasing compound. Yeah. Or even like uh, Continental has their cold chili design where like they come they come from the factory, ready to go. Yeah, that's our episode for this round. Tune in next time for more discussion on all things specific to sport touring or universal to motorcycling as a whole. For the RidingObsession.com, I'm Robin Dean. I'm Travis Burleson. Safe travels, everyone.